0: You're always busy, you're traveling, you just got back from l a
1: yeah yeah it's been a, it's been a kind of a crazy few few months really but but yeah, especially the last couple of weeks have been a little bit insane, yeah, just like i was in i was in l a for like thirty six hours which was which was kind of nuts like i flew in i i had um i was working on some stuff late last week and then um had to like go straight from a set to uh to the airport at like uh so i flew i i left New York at like eight p m at 8 p.m., I got to LA around like midnight, I guess. And, and then I was only there for uh, until like 2 p.m. on Sunday. I flew back to New York. So it was like exhausting. This it has been a, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was really tired all week.
0: Yeah. That's like, um, yeah. that's like getting beat up on like the mega bus. You know, when people just go or like take an Amtrak for like the day or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you're just constantly sitting in a crappy economy seat and just like,
0: the worst have you ever flown first class
1: uh i've never flown like true first class i don't think but i once on a work trip this was like 10 years ago probably i went to uh i got to go to uh to sydney again an, an insane like i went to sydney and i was there for uh i think again like three days like 72 hours or something like that and and uh which is like it's like takes like two days to get there you know and then then i was there for like three days and then but thankfully that time i did get flown like business class which like on those like long flights is like really nice it's like the kind of like you know the the seat turns into a bed and, and all that kind of stuff which is which is sick so uh, that that I was grateful for
0: and you you don't just get peanuts
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah no but I you know I I am used to like i'm a, I'm a pretty good I mean I my my parents are from Singapore. I grew up going there like every summer and no way um yeah and you know that's a long ass flight that's like that's like twenty two hours in the air altogether like you know to get there and um and I grew up you know going flying that economy like constantly so my my body is trained my 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 fiance hates it because she's not a great flyer and so when we get on a plane together, she gets super anxious and, you know, needs me to comfort her. And and my body is just like, as soon as I sit in a plane chair and my body's telling me like, just go to sleep. Like, you know, like it's like, it knows the smell and the feel of a, of a, of a small plane chair. And it's just like, all right, now it's time for me to pass out. And like, that's like literally what I do. You know, I often wake up like two or three hours into a flight. If, if, if I'm flying from Toronto or from New York to Toronto, as I, as I often do, cause I'm from there, I end up, like, there's times where I, like, I, I will fall asleep before we take off and wake up as we're landing, basically. Oh,
0: sure. um, yeah. No, that's, like, the plan, though. Yeah. It's, like, you want to beat jet lag. So, right when you hop on the plane, you want to, like, pass out immediately. So, when you get there, it's, like, you're in that that world, that time zone.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, no matter, when you're flying to Asia, especially, like, and it's, like, 12 hours difference, like, there's there's no way to... I feel like there's no real way to, 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 to game plan to your way around it. You know, it's like, you're going to be jet lagged at least a little bit.
0: You will. You will. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not sleep, it's like, there's so many different forms of jet lag that people don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then
0: yeah. you got to
1: beat like,
0: yeah. Every- these days, everyone gets like food poisoning at airports.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... I've definitely had that happen to me before. <laughs> yeah. Recently. Yeah. So Shit. I feel that. Yeah. I i'm very wary of those of those like prepackaged sushi well never i'd never do sushi but just (laughs) even just like 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 a club sandwich from you know the uh, the little like newsstand or whatever like yeah no not not for me anymore
0: you say your background is your parents are from singapore and you're from toronto uh
1: yeah so my parents are from singapore originally um they're chinese uh they moved to Toronto in the 70s. Um, I was born, um, you know, uh, a few, <laughs> quite a few years after that. I've I, I three siblings, they're all way older than me. I, I was like an accident, oh, basically. Um, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, my parents call me their little oops. And so, yeah, I was born, born just outside Toronto, um, in the suburbs, and uh, I grew up mostly there. I spent some time, a lot of time in Singapore growing up. Um, I, I actually started. I started grade school there. I went to um, I did like basically like kindergarten through third grade in Singapore, and then and then moved back to Toronto after that, and then yeah, um, yeah, I spent like the majority of my life there. Um, I, I went to I went to NYU for college, so I did live I lived here in New York um, for four years, and then spent a year working at ESPN in Connecticut uh, right out of college, and then. Oh, shit. Right after that I moved I moved back to Toronto, um, where I spent, you know, basically the bulk of my twenties.
0: Damn, ESPN yeah. sports caster over here.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah. I was just I, I was a fact checker at their at their magazine, which was uh which was awesome. It was it was a dream actually to work there. I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah, it was it was really cool, just like being, you know, they have this massive campus in Bristol, Connecticut, which is like a tiny farming town. It's like literally like there's like cow patties all over and then just like this beautiful state of the art facility um oh shit yeah and uh and it was it was great yeah it was like it was a great first job to have you know i think like um a lot of people in journalism end up working fact checking jobs because they're you know you know they're like sort of like an entry level they're like a good place to start get your feet wet get your foot in the door and um you know you end up doing a lot of cool stuff you work with writers and editors to like you know make sure that these big features are are fully factual and and you know you're like calling people to confirm things and just learning a ton of like good about like good reporting skills and on top of it all you know my whole job was focused on sports which i love and and you have like at espn at the time i don't know if this is still the case but at the time we all had tvs on our desks that had like basically every sports channel in the world and you're encouraged to watch while you're working to because you need to kind of know what's happening right like that's sick yeah there's like a big champions league game i my 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 beats like i i got assigned a lot of soccer stories and hockey stories because you know i love all sports pretty much i'll you know i'll watch anything like i i I love like there's nothing i love more than the sunday of a golf tournament just like sitting there and watching it all day but
0: every sport you you love every sport
1: i pretty much there's pretty much no sport i won't watch but
0: that's so rare usually everyone's like they have like a specific sport like I fall asleep to golf but like I love watching my friends play golf but right that's
1: wild. yeah no no I mean there's there's yeah I, I I like well I'll pretty much watch anything and but obviously working at the magazine there's like there were a lot of NBA people a lot of NFL people me being from Canada and also loving soccer I ended up with yeah I ended up basically doing a lot of hockey and soccer stuff but
0: did you ever play hockey
1: I didn't know you know I I had um, my mom as an Asian mom was like sort of way ahead of the curve on on concussions and uh, and never uh, yeah never let me really even learn to skate Um, I can I can kind of skate now but as a kid I was like yeah definitely wasn't allowed on the ice Um, which you know I'm I'm grateful for I I think CTE is pretty scary so yeah totally yeah she hated it when I I did end up playing rugby in high school which was pretty dangerous at times Uh, no I never played hockey unfortunately
0: but you it kind of seems that you like wish you kind of didn't, um, like that's like a sport of choice,
1: no, i I think I mean, you mean, you mean, like if if I could have played anything, like, yeah, no, i'm I'm not sure I'm not sure that's true actually. I, I don't think I, I i I love hockey. I love watching hockey. you know, i I grew up playing basketball, which
0: mm, sick,
1: I still love, and I'm glad that I played. I think that's probably the thing. I think. But I think the thing, the one thing, I, I, I love soccer. I didn't really get into it until like high school. And, you know, and by that point, like like uh, people have been playing since they were little kids. And, right. and it feels like you're like way behind the eight ball. So I, I, if, if, if there was a sport that I wish I could go back and like start playing as a, as a small child and be really good at now or or have had more of like, a I wish I could have played soccer, basically.
0: I played soccer like 10 years growing up in my youth but mm-hmm. the, the one sport that I wish I could have played CTE aside is football. Like I don't know why oh, really? like, I love football <laughs> so much. Yeah. yeah. You've seen me in person. I'm not the type. Like I am right, very right. like I'm not built for football. I would I would have died on the field, but I I don't know why I'm like addicted to watching football, playing mm-hmm. fo- like football for fun, but for real like I I've never thrown on a helmet. I would have. It would have been over for me. This would have. This podcast <laughs> would never work.
1: I feel like there have been like rumblings about. Haven't they been trying to start like a professional tag league at some point? <laughs> like, like, like tag football. Like, you know, like you, you could, you could probably like hack it there, right? Like, that's a little less intimidating. I know? feel.
0: I feel like there every sport right now that you either see in your explore page or out in the open. There's like an offset for a sport, right? There's like. I think for soccer, there. Did you see? Have you seen this? Like, on your explore page or like any video where there's like this table and there's like it's like a badminton like net, but it's a it's two players, two separate teams, and they're like kicking the ball back and forth.
1: No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what
0: it's like. It's like a form of soccer, but it looks like oh, a badminton. Oh, so
1: oh, you're talking about. A form of badminton wait so so there's <laughs> a net in, there's a it... net in the middle but you play with your feet is that what you're talking about yeah 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 oh yeah. is it is it like seapak yes. talking about? yeah but okay it's like... yeah so that's like that's a sport that's really popular in like thailand and southeast asia
0: um yeah but it, that's what i thought too but it's like i saw like white people or europeans playing and i was like oh shit this uh, is going like worldwide now oh like, so wait so were amazing. they
1: using the small like so so in sepak tekra they use like so this is how much i know about weird sports so so they <laughs> um they use like kind of like you and i both right right, so so traditionally they played it with like a ball that was made of like woven like rattan basically like the like basket material and then and then now they play it with like more of like a hollow like plastic ball almost like Mm -hmm. it's got like you know like holes in it but then but then there's a thing i think that they play in europe called like foot volley which is like just with like a soccer ball is that so (laughs) which one which which one was it yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, it could be one of the two. And then there's, like, people are making up, like, new sports within, like, you know, the traditional sports. Like, I think I saw someone playing uh, – they made up this, like, basketball game where they're just, like, pretending to dunk on people. It could be in, in the pretending
1: park. Pretending to dunk on people. Oh, I see. Like, you mean, like, they – you mean, like, just, like, those TikToks where someone sneaks up on you with, like, a – Yeah, but it's, like, they're trying to make men? this,
0: like, an actual sport, you know? People oh. are, like, inventing – like these like new sports with it it's just like i can't keep up anymore Uh, yeah yeah. i'm still like falling in love with like new traditional sports i started betting which is like not even good oh wow
1: yeah yeah yeah. that's funny what do you what do you normally bet on
0: the last thing i bet on was the eagles which is like you never bet on the eagles (laughs) (laughs) but philly i mean philly yeah, so Philly sports, it's just like I'm from Philly, so Philly yeah. sports, you know, we'll we'll get there, but it's like,
1: yeah, we'll absolutely, never, you guys have been doing all right.
0: Yeah, but it, we we only go all right, but we well, never the, take Eagle, it home. the Eagles
1: won the Super Bowl like like what was that like five years ago? It's still pretty recent. We could have won last year. We but... could have won last year. Yeah, <laughs> I was rooting for the Phillies in in the World Series too, and that was that was a tough beat.
0: Right, the and the World Series It's like we're all yeah. it's just and then Sixers, you know, we
1: Well it's not jinxed it. They're they're doing okay.
0: <laughs> this is a sports podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, it's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. WMH and Dasar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Young Ego is a writer. Young is the style editor for GQ. I see Young all the time in our Brooklyn neighborhood, but it wasn't until I actually met him at Calva with Philly friend Fran Young over at Paradoto.com. Fashion never sleeps with Young, always in pure egg quality drip in these streets. I should start doing street style photography again when I run into Young. GQ quality every time. Catch GQ recommends on YouTube with gang Avidan and friend Gerald Ortiz, dropping knowledge on loafers and style trends. Young's IG is three quarter fits, one quarter of all the profiles he's, had on gq please welcome young ego to wear many hats
1: wow thank you that was a very kind intro i appreciate it
0: <laughs> yeah of course and we haven't like a new, new mutual well um, for me a mutual friend uh, samir yeah dude he's the best in drip too like wh-
1: style star yeah
0: style star you you guys are also it's funny when i'm on like 316's like ig page and i also see you two in there it's like you guys you guys have your one <laughs> thing and then you guys are also models. no no samir is so
1: doing a lot more modeling uh than me these days i have to say he's he's been killing it um rightfully so the guy is made to wear beautiful clothing made
0: to wear ready to wear Look, it's just yeah. like it's insane. But he
1: is also an excellent AR, I have to say. He's really, really good at his job. I think people don't get, uh, you know, people who only know him from, uh, you know, in menswear circles uh, might not know that he is an excellent, excellent music professional.
0: Music professional, fashion god. He does it all. Great husband. Great husband. So see, soon. S- you as well soon to be.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are in the midst of planning our wedding for sure.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: How does it feel?
1: It feels great. Yeah. I have to say, like, you know, I I you know, if you um if you ever get the chance to fall deeply in love with your best friend, I highly recommend it. It's corny, but it's true.
0: That's very sweet. We love corny on the Romanian show. Except uh Corny fits.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Not to speak low of any corny fits, have I feel like New York right now is just like on point. It feels great to be living in New York. Everyone's looking great. Oh yeah, actually.
1: yeah. It's always it's always great to be living in New York, especially from a fit perspective. I think I think yeah, this is one of the most inspiring places to live, fashion wise, in the world. Absolutely, except L. A. Well, LA is not in New York. Uh- <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not, they're right. not. But
0: it's it just like thinking, cause like, I'm going to be going back to LA soon and I'm just mm-hmm. going to have to like, get a new pair, like pair of eyes just to right do the yeah, switch. I, know. Up.
1: I think, I think, I think LA gets a, like gets a bad rap for sure. <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, yes. Have I been there and there's people roaming the streets. Yeah. And like, some pretty terrible sloppy sweats. Sure. But there, mm. there's some, there's some good, there's some good stuff happening there. There's some, some great stuff ha- coming out of there for sure. You know, there's so many LA brands that I love uh, and respect. I'm wearing one right now. You can't really see, but I have, I have good fight shorts on uh, mm. one of my favorite brands of all time and and good buddies of mine. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, Samir is actually the person who who said this to me most recently that that he was surprised at the number of quality fits he saw the last time and he was in LA and I think I think that's oh, wow. true I think you know I think there's yeah I think there's 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 some good stuff happening happening over there it's tough you know I, I don't blame them because it is tough you get into a malaise when you live in a place with perfect weather all the time like mm-hmm. you know you're gonna just start dressing for like if it's if it's like 80 degrees and you know no breeze every day you're just gonna like come out in shorts and not really try and everything's happy and cheery and like here in New York where it gets like, you know, we have awful stretches of just cold rain and, you know, it's like, you have to find some joy, you know, for yourself and for me and I think a lot of other people, it just, it it just means like, how can I dress well despite, you know, all of this mayhem happening (laughs) environmentally (laughs) outside of my door. So uh, yeah,
0: you gotta you gotta be dressed for global warming. You know,
1: that's right. Yeah, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. You have to have a nice hard shell <laughs> to, to wear <laughs> on, on top, and and you know you got to make it work with everything underneath it. It's 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 tough. It's a tough beat.
0: Do you ever go out and do you always like pack something something light separate? Like when the weather is about to change, do you prepare for it? Or someone the other day told me was telling me that men don't bring out umbrellas anymore
1: oh no it couldn't be me i love an umbrella yeah i am bad i am one of those people that's that's like pretty notoriously bad about leaving them behind places but no no i i i I like umbrellas i have you know a decent amount of gore tex in my rotation (laughs) i i I like to dress for the weather honestly it's like it's like nice it's novel as someone from canada like you know uh, i i grew up going on these occasional camping trips and and this like camp leader guy that, that I would go with, he always had this saying that was just like, there's no such thing as being cold, only bad clothing. And it's the thing that's really uh-huh. stuck with me, you know, Of just like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I always have people like my brother-in-law, for instance, not to, not to put him on, you know, on blast, but he, he's from, he's, he grew up in Southern California. You know, he married my sister who's from Toronto. He comes, he comes to visit all the time. And when it's was winter, he just like, just complains and moans. And, and then I look at what he's wearing and he's dressed like he's still in LA, you know, he's like, he's not wearing socks. He like doesn't have a, he just has like a thin t-shirt on under like a Nike down jacket, which is not a real down jacket. It's no. like meant for like w- playing soccer in colder conditions. Like, you know, it's like, and so I'm like, dude, like just put a parka on, get some thick socks in those boots. Like you'll be fine. Like, it's <laughs> it's really fine. Like, you know, like, like I, I, yeah, I'm not saying I love when it's brick out, I, but it's like, right. you know, I, I, I can deal you know I've, I've i've grown up in a way that's taught me to adapt so so yeah i, I don't know I, I all of which is to say that that i think dressing for the moment is 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 dressing for a certain situation is it's fun it makes you put your uh, your brain on when you're in your closet and and figure out how to how to dress appropriately for whatever situation you're about to step into
0: so when you mentioned that to your brother-in-law have you ever been a personal stylist before just for like low key
1: um no i mean not professionally i think like i as you know the 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 thing that happens when you work yeah when you happen to be the one guy in the group chat that that works at gq you field a lot of questions a lot right like hey i'm going to a wedding where do i buy a suit hey you know i've got this date should i wear this shirt or that shirt all that kind of stuff so i i you know i i've d- definitely done some like low-key non-professional styling for my friends but nothing yeah never been like a personal shopper or anything like that I, no. I i leave i leave that to the pros i've
0: never seen you could have you could be who knows the next like devil wears prada Young youngie like i was just <laughs> like <laughs> i'm surprised like no one has to, like hit you up yeah
1: yeah no no it hasn't happened you know i, I for, like for
0: celebrities or anything
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'd be too intimidated. I think there's a lot of like people. People underestimate how much work and skill and talent goes into styling another person. You know, right. um, I I watch. So, you know, I I'm on the style team at GQ, which is more editorial, where where we 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 do you know like fashion world coverage, and you know we we write about drops and things that are happening in in, in the world of style, and then we have the fashion team at GQ, which actually handles the clothing right where they where they're the ones that that call in the clothes for uh all of the the photo shoots that we do with celebrities and models and otherwise and they are yeah keeping track of, of of what's coming in and what's coming out and and they're putting together the looks and styling people and working with a bunch of different stylists and and on and off staff and um and it's a big big job and it's so hard you know it's like and and and, uh, yeah, I mean, like I look at what they do and with awe all the time of just like, you know, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at dressing myself, you know, just, I, I know what works on me and I know right. what I like and I have figured out my taste, but figuring that out for other people all the time and putting them in things that will, you know, stretch them, but make them feel comfortable and, and, you know, feel avant-garde or, uh, feel interesting is, is so, so hard. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that that interests me, but is not a muscle I have developed, I have to say.
0: Dressing yourself, you got the good fight shorts, Asian <laughs> owned. What's yeah, the Yeah, exactly?
1: Uh this tea is just an old, yeah. I mean, you kinda caught me in, in just like a Saturday morning, you know, just hangout. But I I this is uh this is a really old three sixteen tea. Actually I've told i told Andrew from three sixteen about how much respect I have for these shirts. Like, unfortunately, it's, it's put less money in his pocket. But I, you know, I bought this shirt in like probably 2011, no way, 2010 or something like that. It's like one of the first batch uh, batches of, of 316 tees that they ever put out, and it's been with me. Like, it's my favorite t shirt. I like I, I've, I've worn it for years and years and years in all sorts of situations, all over the world, and uh, it still hasn't fallen apart. So I'm very grateful for that. No, but,
0: that's good. Built um, to last.
1: Yeah, yeah. And another Asian American shout out there too.
0: Yeah, Asian Americans, <laughs> man. We love it. How long have you been living in New York?
1: So yeah, so, so I, I went to school here. I graduated from NYU in 2011 and then I moved back to Toronto. And so I, I, I've only been back, I moved back here for my job um, in 2019. So it's been about almost four years now. I moved oh, here okay. like seven months before the pandemic basically.
0: No, yeah. I was just I was just asking because um it seems like you don't have tattoos. I, I went to like a show. Oh I do. Show. Oh okay, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're here. Yeah. Oh uh, okay. Got, that's got good. one over here, one, one one here. Got a couple on my legs. Yeah. I heard that like if, my you, chest.
0: if you uh being Asian and just like living in New York and you have mm-hmm. no tattoos, like and you cross the 10 year mark, it's like like how did you survive that <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i had I had most of these long before I moved to New York or moved back to New York anyway, much to the chagrin of, of do you have tattoos? i
0: I do have a couple of tattoos how does how does
1: you how do your how do your parents feel about your tattoos because
0: every time I go uh, every time I come back home, they get more disappointed after like, yeah even I moved out, you know and right right have a job
1: yeah, yeah well my my mom does the thing of like uh, you know i I haven't I have a few tattoos, but I haven't gotten a new one in in probably like three three years now, two or three uh-huh. years. And yet, every time I come home, she sees them like she's seeing them for the first time and freaks out on me anew. And she's like, "You got more tattoos? What is that?" And she you know she screams at me, and I'm like, "Oh no, I've had that one for like six years now. You've you've said we've we've been through this, you know." Oh, like the cycle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she just likes to freak out over it every single time, and she's like i gave you this beautiful skin why would you do this um but uh she she'll get over it it's okay i just i've just learned to, to wear pants and long sleeves in front of her it's, it's fine
0: I'm, I'm trying to think like do you like wearing shorts so do I, asian, I do because asian people like my, like my on uh, the streets they they don't wear shorts as that much but if you see them out and wearing shorts you're like oh shit the seasons have changed
1: Oh, really? You think, you think Asian people, I mean, I guess that that's true. That is true in Singapore, which is wild because it's like, you know, Singapore's on the equator. It's super humid there. It's like 90 degrees every day. And yet all these people are just constantly wearing like, Pants, pants like wool business slacks and stuff and i'm always shocked by that but it's like you know i think it's like what you grow up with it's like temperate for them but but yeah no, i'm i'm a big proponent of shorts my my if my fiance were here she would she would tell you that that it's like kind of my my signature thing like i i i, I like wearing shorts as much as possible yeah i i have no real problem with with them at all yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i no, i love wearing shorts but everyone always catches me only in pants i'm always in pants oh i see uh-huh. yeah I, it's it's so my outfit like my default outfit is like i'm always in black for some odd reason but like right. on the weekends i'll wear like a white tee and
1: but that's, I, your, that's your way of mixing it up yeah that's done. like yeah, yeah.
0: yeah or like if a graphic tee will like that i would call from like intramural shop shout out bijan yeah. like it would have like it would be a black tee but it like it would have like some accents of color and like that's my way of color for sure but i haven't worn like blue denim in like over a decade
1: oh wow yeah
0: (laughs) and if if i did it would just be like a whole new personality change and people would be yeah yeah
1: no i mean like nothing against i i definitely i've been thinking about this a lot lately because you know i admire people with who you know i think uniform dressing is totally valid and really cool and i think that you know, I I think it, it, yeah, it's cool to, to, to know your lane and stay in it. And, 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 and that's, that's awesome. Like, I, I just like, I have no real, I think there's like a few things about my style that are maybe distinct to me or or feel like me, but I really don't like, like, you know, don't stick to one lane. I don't, it's not that Mm -hmm. I'm trying. It's just like, it is really one of those things of like, I have too many clothes and some days I feel like wearing, you know, I feel like wearing a suit for no reason And some days I just want to wear like basketball shorts (laughs) and a hoodie or whatever. But it's like, it's like, I, I, um, I definitely don't have like one distinct style. I do, do like to mix it up as much as possible. I think I would just get too bored.
0: Damn. That's a lot of closet space that you're filling up. That's
1: yeah. Yeah. It it is pretty wild. Yeah. We're in my apartment. uh, I'm here in my apartment right now. And and we, we live in a two bedroom or what should be a two bedroom, but one of the rooms we just call our get ready room. And, uh, it's like, it's like we needed the space just as, as like a walk in closet, basically that we converted it to it's, it's a lot. I I try my best to like, I'm, I'm constantly, constantly like donating clothes, giving clothes to friends when they come over. And, um, you know, I just had a closet sale recently and, and, and it it never seems to like fully get better. It's a a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
0: I guess I'm in the right
1: line of work, but.
0: Some have an office, some have a studio, but you guys have a get ready room.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, shout out my fiance, Sumer, because uh, it is often in complete chaos and and just like, you know, you can't even step inside of it, but, but she like, you know, rolled her sleeves up and was like, was so sick of it. And, and <laughs> while I was away, got the whole place together and it's, it's amazing in there now. <laughs> you can actually see the floor and uh, oh, and everything yeah. is where it should be. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working hard to keep it that way. We love
0: living with partners. On on this podcast, it's like when you travel, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, when, and when you come back home, and you're just like, oh, it's new again.
1: It's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah, I'm very grateful for her.
0: Going back to your mom saying, you know, I give you this like beautiful skin. Yo, drop the skincare routine. I I know you got one.
1: Oh man, no, you know, honestly, like like uh, so it's funny that you say that. I I, I recently <laughs> took over. I was recently assigned you know, sort of taking over the the grooming section of GQ.com. And so that's like a whole new beat for me that I know nothing about that. I'm really, you know, trying my best to get up to speed with and work with writers who really do know what they're talking about. And, um, um, but I'm a guy, I'm a very simple man. I, I wash my face with, with dove unscented soap and use, you know, Cetaphil, uh, moisturizer, and that's it. That's it. That's all I do. Um, and it's worked for me. I've, I've been doing that ever since I was like, I don't know, like 19, 20 years old it seems to be working fine. But no, I think I'm about to embark in this new journey of like learning about different, you know, the, all the different, th- I don't even know what, what I'm supposed to be putting on my skin. But I guess I'm going to be learning about that all the different, like chemical peels or vitamins yeah. and um, yeah, all 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 the things, all of the things. But yeah, so far for me, just just like, Keeping it simple, Dove and Dove and Cetaphil. It's like, uh, you know, that's I I try not to overthink it. (laughs)
0: That's so that's so cool that you're like able to. um, They're putting you on different. Like it's not just clothing anymore. You're going to grooming. Yeah, I feel like your life is like different. Like you first said, sports at ESPN, then like now fashion, then grooming. It's just like something new every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is the nice part about my job for sure. Um, that's what I love about my job at GQ actually is that I I feel like kind of like, you know, my title is style editor and you know, the responsibilities there are basically, um, you know, I run now the, uh, the style section of the website. So that's really exciting. I get to work with a lot of fun writers and, and, and try to figure out what our style coverage looks like. And then I work on a bunch of stuff in the print magazine. There's, you know, um, thing we do every month called drops i write all of that which is really cool it's just like kind of like the hottest new clothes coming out that month and then i work on you know uh the occasional bigger print feature uh whether that's style or pop culture or otherwise like i try to you know be flexible and be available and then yeah and then then beyond that like i i do get to sort of dip my toes in a lot of different uh a lot of different things at gq so i i do try to contribute some sports stuff here i do try to write you know some profiles like 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 you were saying and i'm on the gq recommends show i work with the gq Re- i i started off you know i was hired to work on the gq recommends team and, and still i'm very close with those guys and um do a lot of work with them too and yeah it's kind of fun it's kind of fun just like 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 staying open and and um getting called in you know you never know what your job's gonna look like from day to day which is pretty fun
0: if you weren't doing gq do you do you think you'd be working on another magazine
1: maybe yeah you know so so when I moved, when I moved back to Toronto after working at ESPN for that year, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so I, I worked at a bunch of different little magazines in, in Toronto, like, like sort of, uh, their men's magazines there. Like there's one called sharp, which I worked at for a long time, which is kind of like the biggest, uh, men's magazine in Canada. And and I helped start one called title that, that lasted for a little while, which was really fun. And, um, you know, th- th- these are the things I'm interested in. These are the, you know, this is kind of where my, my interests are always drawn and um, it's what I've always wanted to do. So yeah, I'd be writing somewhere, um, doing something if I wasn't working at GQ for sure.
0: I just um, feel like but, all your homies would just come to you now for just like any type of recommendation.
1: Right, right, you, yeah. You've got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, yeah, this is, I mean, this is the place I always dreamed of ending up, right? Like, you know, right. I think like like a lot of people you know, who are into menswear or whatever. Now, when I when I was a teenager, I started reading GQ when I was, like, probably, like, 14, 13, 14, and, and it was, like, a Bible to me, you know. It's, like, where I learned about everything, about, like, you know, cool brands, cool sneakers. So, like, it it, it was the reason I, I learned what Hypebeast was. Like, it was, like, the first place. I remember Lupe Fiasco, like, mentioned that he read about sneakers on Hypebeast in, like, a right. 2005 GQ interview, and I was, like, oh, what's that? And, you know, it opens up this it opened up all these different worlds for me. Right. And, and, uh, and it introduced me to like long form journalism and all these things. So I think it was always like, this was always like the, the, the dream for me. I never knew it was going to happen or not, but I'm very grateful to be here now. I'm trying to make the most of it.
0: Right. It's like growing up when you're like in the bathroom, it's just like, it's either GQ or playboy. You could have went to either ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that you right for playboy but i'm i bet you'd been amazing
1: the articles in there people you know people make that joke but they are they are great you know when you're doing um when you're doing research on a on, on a uh, to, to talk a before bunny. you talk to a famous person no 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 but if you're doing research on like a on like an actor or any kind of celebrity if you if they have a playboy interview it's normally super in-depth super long and and a great place to start so so that's like per tip yeah
0: have you <clears throat> with all everyone that you profiled do they is it always surface level or do they get down and dirty like personal sometimes
1: um no yeah you you want you you're always hoping when you when you go into any interview you're hoping to go past the surface level a little bit and it's all about you know trying to make the other person feel comfortable with you um hopefully you feel comfortable with them enough to 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 ask those kinds of questions and and make it a real conversation and um yeah it's it's you know it, there's there's levels to it right it's like you're you're just trying to like hopefully um if you have enough time with the person you'll you'll break down some of those walls and 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 really get personal and and um talk about things you're always looking to talk about things that that they haven't talked to with anybody else about yet and um and so, yeah, it's it. You know, obviously, like like every every person is different. You have to approach every interview um with a completely different perspective and and different kinds of research and 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 um. But uh. But yeah, that's that's definitely the goal is to try to break down those walls.
0: I I remember when you did that profile on the the actor from Everything Everywhere All at Once.
1: Oh, Kiki Week One.
0: Yeah, I felt like. When they won, everyone won. Like every Asian won for yeah. Some yeah. like yeah. That I, felt amazing for sure, dude. I was just like, yo, this is amazing. Like, right. Um, we're, we're finally number one.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a case of like you know I I'm a huge fan. I grew up absolutely obsessed with the Goonies. That's like one of my all time favorite movies. Um, you know I'd like to the point that like I was one of those people just like occasionally checking in over the years you know like hey like what's going on with that cast like where is everybody right now and and um yeah always wondered what like you know like why he hadn't been acting or what, what the deal was and, and and all that kind of stuff so um i felt very honored to be i was you know i think i was one of the first people to to interview him right after you know to won. do a, to, to to do sort of no no uh before like long before just just as the movie oh. was coming out i did sort of one of the big one of the uh the the big interviews that that uh he had at the time and mm-hmm. and uh was able was like very honored to be able to like sort of yeah get into it with him and tell his story about how you know uh he he felt like he kind of got you know not necessarily driven out of the industry but like there just weren't a lot of opportunities for him and, and he ended up doing other things for a long time so um yeah getting to be a very very like like tiny tiny fractional bit of, of his comeback uh has been really cool and, and then and then yeah i think like you said like i i got to um i i saw him a couple weeks ago and, and wrote about him again after the um as he was getting ready for the met gala so after after his big oscar win and and catching up with him in person was amazing and and just really cool and and uh and he was he was just the sweet he's just the sweetest man in the world but he was super especially really sweet to me and And uh, the first time I interviewed him, I, you know, I'd I'd shown him that I had this Goonies action figure of him that, that I I've kept on my desk for like literally now, like six or seven years. And he thought it was hilarious when I first showed it to him. And then this time I brought it with me and he signed it for me, which was amazing. No way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's, he just signed it to like to young. And it was like, he said, Goonies never say die key. And then in, in like in parentheses, he wrote data in case I I needed to, (laughs) (laughs) to to know who that was. Yeah. Which is great so
0: no that's incredible Very it's cool. it's funny because like yeah i just remember growing up and like the the kids would call my brother data because he was like yeah. so smart but like right, also right, it's right. like yeah clearly you're just like also coming for him at the same time but i'm like yo this time around we back
1: yeah yeah no absolutely for sure yeah it's, it's been really cool to see him um yeah have this amazing comeback moment and and have all this momentum coming off of it. I think he's like super excited about all the opportunities he has now, right? Because all he wanted to do when he was in his twenties was act, and and there were no jobs for for Asian actors back no. then. And um, and now, you know, yeah, like the the world is his oyster. So I'm I'm really excited to see what happens next for him.
0: I also love that there's a lot of Asian American like writers or a- Asian writers now on the scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you mean you mean in in Hollywood or, or in general? Both. Right. No, for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's it's um Yeah, I mean like Kwasi um just won a Pulitzer Prize for Stay True, which is one of my, you know, it was definitely my favorite book that I read last year and one of my favorite books ever and and um so incredible to see him uh someone who I just admire. I I I met him very briefly once, but uh don't really know him and but have been a longtime fan of his since you know since his grantland days and into writing for the new yorker and someone i super look up to and admire so so to see him reach those heights is um it's unbelievable it's like yeah it's incredible it's 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 incredible yeah there's a lot of great things happening for um you know um for asian americans right now so it's 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 very (laughs) it's all very very positive very heartwarming at the moment
0: it took a minute but we're here
1: yeah definitely (laughs)
0: Well, hats off to you and everything that you do for some DISAR Wear Many Hat Solutions. Would you ever write a style book or do you have any plans to write a book in the future? Um
1: like... yeah, you know, it's it's funny, it's like a thing that I never thought I was never that interested in. Like like mm-hmm. I think because I had so many goals in the magazine world or in journalism in general, just like it just felt like there were a lot of mountains for me to climb just on that and I was super focused on just like, yeah, trying to write for bigger magazines and and trying to get features and cover stories and, and, and doing all these things I'd always dreamed of. And I'm still super focused on that. Like, honestly, like there's still a lot at GQ that I I feel like I, I have left to, to accomplish. And, and um, I'm, I'm still very hungry to, to, you know, um, to do more cover stories and more features and, and keep going and, and, and getting better at that stuff. I'm just still very much a rookie in that arena. And, but now, you know, now that I have done some of that stuff, the idea of writing a book, and now that I know more people in this industry, you know, people who I love and respect to, I've seen them go through the process of writing books and, um, and, you know, heard about what it's like. And, and, and it, it's definitely something that interests me now. It's like, it's definitely something new. It's like in the last couple of years, I've been thinking about it more Mm -hmm. about what my book would be and, and, and how I would want to approach it and and all those kinds of things. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely, I think that's kind of like the next big, you know, dream of mine is, is to figure out what my book is and, and to write it. I don't think it'll be style related. However, mm. um, I no think, fetch uh, uh, no, no. I mean, maybe there'll be some sort of, you know, maybe there'll be something in there that's, that's style related or, you know, whatever, because it's, it's, it'll be by me and my perspective and I do you know love clothes and and, and it's a thing I notice. And, and, um, but I don't think it'll be solely about that. I think there are a lot of great menswear books already and and I, I'm not sure. Um, if I had, I would have much to, to add to the canon there. So, Um, so yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, It's, it's definitely something I'm actively thinking about and working on and trying to figure out. So.
0: Being surrounded Um, by all these brands, does it ever make you think of like starting a brand or like it just makes you
1: not? No, not really. I think, um, yeah, again, another thing, just like styling it's, it's an arena that is so much harder, you know, than, than people might think. um, And you know i i again like the the friends that i have in the clothing industry and in fashion design you know I, the ones we mentioned like my friends at good fight um you mm-hmm. know my friends at 316 like it is such like an up at dawn you know relentless grind and you have to be so so passionate to do it and do it well and and have a real vision and a real eye for it and all that kind of stuff and i don't have really any of that like i you know like i think the most i would do is i i, I do like like a lot of people, like I, I, I like I like printing the occasional T-shirt, and I don't consider that fashion design whatsoever. And <laughs> um, I would not consider that a brand. It's just a thing I like to do on the side, right? Because there's a there's a T-shirt that doesn't exist, and I want it, so I make it. Um, and maybe I'll make a few more and give to some friends or sell them a little bit. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think uh true blue fashion design or or, or running a brand is ever going to be in my future for sure
0: how many pairs of shoes do you have
1: oh man uh that's uh that's a dangerous question to to answer i, I it's i hmm, i I definitely counted once i think I think a low estimate a rough estimate would be like somewhere in the in the range of like fifty to sixty pairs here in New York and then I think there's some more that are just like under my you know, my bed at home and my mom wants to kill me over it. Yeah, that, that's probably it. like, I, I might be even underselling how many shoes I have because I'm embarrassed, but. Um, no, that's wild. Yeah. That, that your mom again, hasn't got rid of them or anything like that. Oh they, yeah, Because yeah. my like, childhood like,
0: home is like gone.
1: My Oh my, really? Oh wow, yeah. no, no, no. Much to my mom's chagrin, like everything that I own is still, a lot of the things I, I own are still in my, my childhood bedroom. You know, my, mm. my, my, my nieces and nephews and my brother do like tend to come and pick, and choose and, and and use my room as like as like a store where they where they where they pick stuff up. But no, a lot of I I, I still like I'm I'm a bit of a hoarder at times, which is a problem. I'm trying to be better about it. I try, I try to like, you know, again, like if I if I meet anybody, are you what size are your feet? I'm a ten. Okay, well that's close. I, it, when I meet, I'm I'm an eleven. So when I meet people who are a size eleven, which is weirdly rarer than you'd think, I try to pass off shoes to them immediately. And like like my good buddy Hyatt. <laughs> is an 11 and that's been a godsend you know he comes over to just like you know shoot the shit and watch tv sometimes and i will we'll make him leave with like two or three pairs of shoes just to Yo, be, what? be solid um but um yeah but uh but yeah i know I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder like at my parents house in, in in um in toronto i've got like under my bed i have like a, a case of uh of every like band t-shirt i owned in high school i'm sick like, from like saves the day, matchbook romance, like matchbook romance, <laughs> yeah, Let's Motion go. city soundtrack. Like, like, yeah, like every emo shirt I ever owned is still there. Um, I was, you know, and then, and then, you know, as I was getting really into menswear, like, uh, and uh, in college, like, uh, rugby Ralph Lauren was like a big deal for me, and right. uh, it was like right up the block from NYU where they had like a pretty healthy student discount, and I would like go drop like you know money i didn't have there all the time and uh and you know even though a lot of those clothes don't fit me anymore like i just can't get rid of them because rugby doesn't exist uh no. and if, so i have like a mini archive of that like kind of stashed under my bed somewhere um <laughs> yeah I, I hang on to things you know you never know you never know when you might want it or need it again so
0: i didn't know that so, you were a hot topic kid
1: oh yeah yeah well well we didn't have hot topic in canada but i was definitely uh i was definitely and still am like i grew up really into yeah like war tour days whatever you want to call it like yeah pop punk post hardcore hardcore um yeah i was i yeah one of my one of my my biggest well not not full regrets but like one of one of the worst stories about me in high school was that i had the chance to you know um i had applied for this this like trip that could have been life-changing like to go to to none of it which is like uh which is um this uh you know this northern territory in canada it's very remote i would have no other reason to go there probably some some other time but to to go help and volunteer and like and like you know set up a community center there and 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 spend a couple weeks there and and, uh, i was like you know i was really young so so cut me some slack but i was like i was like (laughs) 14 and i i you know i got accepted into this thing and 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 then i was like i looked at the dates and i was like oh well I mean, it's at the same time as Warp Tour, so I I don't think I can go. <laughs> and I stayed, I stayed home, so I could go to Warp Tour, because like I really, really cared about seeing like Taking Back Sunday or whatever that that summer. Like it was so much <laughs> more important to me, um, you know, than than anything else. Music was like, yeah, I, at the time I wanted to be a music writer too, um, and so I don't know. I, I it was like it's like one of those things I kick myself about all the time. Hopefully someday I will get to go and volunteer. None of it and. <laughs> and see it. And, and, um, um, but yeah, I made my choice and, and it's a, it's a thing I, uh, um, that keeps me up at night. So <laughs> Do
0: you still listen to, to pop punk or like, what's oh, yeah. your thoughts on yeah. like the pop punk, like, you know, like blink is back.
1: I lo- I mean, okay. Well, I'll show you one of my tattoos. Speaking of tattoos, is I have uh, 182 tattooed on my hand. Um, so so that up. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you right. about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm on this podcast. That's right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so that that should hopefully tell you everything you need to know about how I feel about about Blink. Um, I uh, yeah, I'm still obsessed. My wife comes home from work, and I'll just be like watching YouTube videos of them playing live on on uh on our tv um and so yeah they're my favorite band of all time and and i'm I'm going to see them at barclays in a couple of weeks very excited for that so uh yeah it's been great it's been great that's that's a you know if i if i can put any you know i'm not well if i can put any energy out into the universe and manifest anything then it's to write about blink in a big way at some point that's that's uh it's been a bucket list thing for me so hopefully that happens at some point but um, yeah, no, I still listen to a ton of pop punk, uh, both like, you know, both the stuff that I grew up on, but also there's a lot of bands now that that I'm obsessed with. The Wonder Years being probably the main one of them, um, band out of Philly. Um, oh, yeah. Perhaps you're familiar, but uh, um, yeah, they just put out an incredible album last year that I'm still not over, listen to all the time. Pop from Toronto, another incredible band. I would highly recommend people check out. I listen to them all the time. So so very much still, um, yeah, very much still my genre of choice, the world that I, yeah, I live in.
0: That's incredible. How we end off the show is we ask, all well, I guess, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? And this is so up your alley because uh, sure everyone ch- in the...
1: I do have a chest tattoo. Um, so, everyone in
0: the pop punk world has a chest tattoo quote. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I have one I got it um you know uh, it, it, it it's it's almost it's like a it's almost like a bit how much I love Toronto. Um it's it's my hometown. I only wear Jays hats all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I wear many hats but they're all Blue Jays hats. Yeah, it's just like it's a place that means a lot to me and and I think you know often doesn't get the love or respect it deserves and and when I was moving to New York for the second time, you know, I just had this like great eight nine year stretch of living in toronto loving it with my friends really you know growing up and learning a lot about myself and i wanted to like kind of put a stamp on that on this period and uh, i got this tattoo on my chest that um it's it's a line from so there's a band called the tragically hip um they are probably like you know the most beloved canadian band of all time and uh they have this song called Bob Cajun and there's a line in it that 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 um, goes that night in Toronto with its checkerboard floors. And it's a reference to this venue in Toronto called the Horseshoe Tavern. That's very famous, you know, like back in the day, like Neil Young came up playing there and a lot of, you know, great acts have, have, have crossed you there and they, have, they they have checkerboard floors. Um, and so I, I got that line as a tattoo. It says that night in Toronto and in, in between is a checkerboard floor kind of coming out. Oh, um, that's mean the word so yeah yeah that's right over my heart where it belongs so <laughs>
0: that's amazing we, yeah i'm obsessed with checkerboard and so i i'm sure i would get like some type of checkerboard tattoo in the future but for sure wow that's dedication
1: absolutely yeah yeah um you know uh yeah you got to <laughs> put your money where your mouth is sometimes and uh no one no one can knock my love for Toronto because it's it's right there written on my chest. <laughs>
0: Damn, this is like a Ohio's for lovers type tattoo. We love
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. I actually <laughs> still have that. I have I uh you know, my fiance who also grew up very much into emo and pop punk and all that stuff. Um she inherited because I, I I can't wear half the you know, like when you were when you're an emo kid, like you buy all your shirts like two sizes too small. And so um youth large. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so she has my size small um, Hawthorne Heights Ohio is for lovers t-shirt now that oh, she shit. still sometimes wears, which is great. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm glad that it's still, it, can, it still gets used. So.
0: <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: yeah. I'm at younggo, Y-A-N-G-G-O-H uh on instagram and twitter um and yeah you can find my work on gq.com
0: thank you young for coming on wear many hats it was great to have you
1: yeah thanks for having me man i'm glad that we were able to finally make this happen this is
0: perfect till next time this is wear many hats presented by Desire, and i'm rashad peace awesome thanks dude